0: We're finally getting some more schedule specifics for Carolina basketball. The Battle for Atlantis bracket dropped last week. We got Jimmy V updates on Monday. You know what? It's time for Carolina to make a major statement in the non-conference schedule this year. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us, your first listener watch of the day. It's great to be hanging out, as always, and I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you're glad I'm here. If not, I'll just quit, and uh, the show can be done. No, I'm just kidding. It's good to be together. Let's get after it. This show is brought to you by... LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. Yo, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk a little bit more football. The coaches poll, the preseason coaches poll dropped on Monday. And we also got some more realignment news that actually brings the ACC into play a little bit. And eh, Curious. We'll talk about it. But before we get to all that, we want to talk about this uh, basketball scheduling news that we've gotten over the past week or so. If You haven't been with us. I was on vacation with my family last week, so we didn't get to talk about the Battle for Atlantis bracket when it dropped. So I want to look at that as well as the Jimmy V Classic updates that we got on Monday. Let's start with Battle for Atlantis because that's the big one over Thanksgiving break. I don't know about you. I absolutely love Thanksgiving break basketball. All the multi-team events, we call them MTEs. You got Maui and Battle for Atlantis. Um, all this great stuff going on. And man, I just geek out on it. And so it's going to be taking place. The Battle for Atlantis coming up this November 22nd through 24th. That's Wednesday through Friday of Thanksgiving week. It's going to be awesome. So here's the bracket in case you haven't uh, heard it yet. I'll just give to you the Carolina parts of it. Uh, November 22nd, that first day, Wednesday, Wednesday. Game one, Carolina kicks tips it off, I guess I should say, against Northern Iowa, noon Eastern on ESPN, followed by Villanova versus Texas Tech, 2.30 on ESPN or ESPN2. Game three, Michigan and Memphis, 5 Eastern on ESPN2. And then game four, Arkansas versus Stanford, 7.30 Eastern on ESPNU. The next day, on Thanksgiving Day, you get up, you watch the Macy's parade, you skip over the dog show, because woof yeah that's funny. Anyway, I won't be watching that. I'll start to watch football until basketball games are on. But uh, if Carolina wins their first game, they would play the Villanova Texas Tech winner at noon again on ESPN. If they lose, they'll play the Texas Tech Villanova loser at five Eastern on ESPN two. and then the fourth or excuse me the third game would be on on black Friday november twenty fourth It'll be either michigan memphis arkansas or stanford if it's the championship that'd be at 3 30 on espn third place games at 1 p.m so that'd be the first game of the day on espn 2 fifth gate fifth place games at six on ESPN. U and the seventh place game is at 8 30 on espn plus as always it's one of those weird things where Somebody's going to leave this thing 0-3. I mean, it's just the nature of how it goes. On paper, Northern Iowa is the kind of odd team out in terms of not being as prestigious as the rest. But uh, Carolina has lost to Northern Iowa before, and we'll talk about that in a second. Let me give you some interesting tidbits that I see as I look at this uh, bracket and field. Carolina's second matchup, again, which would be either against Villanova or Texas Tech. If it's against Texas Tech, the Tar Heels could be playing Kerwin Walton again. That'd be super interesting. The third matchup, several interesting things there. If Carolina plays Stanford... That would be against Jared Ha Jared Hass, excuse me, former Carolina assistant, be against Harrison Ingram's old team. And also don't forget Cormac Ryan played at Stanford before Notre Dame. So bunch of ties into Stanford there. Of course, if Carolina played plays Michigan, it could have been Caleb Love's team, but they didn't accept him. <laughs> so there's that. So some interesting matchup tidbits. This will be the third time Carolina has played in the battle for Atlanta. So the history on that, the first time they played was in 2014. They finished in fifth place. Uh, Carolina came in ranked fifth in the nation, the second highest team in the field behind Wisconsin, who was second. Started, as you probably remember, I I vividly remember sitting watching this game and being like, oh my gosh, what are they doing against Butler? Lost 74 to 66, but then they beat, 22nd ranked UCLA and 18th ranked Florida in the second and third game. So a nice turnaround after that loss to Butler. And then the last time the Tar played at Battle for Atlantis was 2019. They finished in third place. So they were ranked sixth coming in. They beat unranked Alabama, then lost to unranked Michigan, and then wrapped up by knocking off number 11, Oregon. That was kind of Armando Baycat's breakout game as a freshman, if you remember that. Uh, really, really good showing there. All that to say, it's time for the Tar to win this thing, man. Like I said in the cold open, let's go into this tournament. Make a statement. You got to go in, knock off Northern Iowa to start off. I mean, that's the thing. But then beyond that, I mean, there's there's nobody in this field that I look at, and it's like, Carolina can't beat them. So they need to go and do it. It's not as prestigious. Like, this year's Maui field is insane. But I look at this, and Carolina should, I believe, should win it. In fact, playing these teams historically – They don't have a losing record against any of the other seven teams in the field. In fact, they have a winning record against every team against Memphis. And the only reason Carolina doesn't is because somehow Carolina and Memphis have never played. Isn't that weird? I would not have expected that, but it's true. The Tar Heels are a combined 40 and 14 all time. That's a uh, 74% winning percentage against the rest of this field. You love to see all of that, two and one against Northern Iowa, famously, or I don't know, maybe infamously is a better way to say it. The Tar Heels lost to Northern Iowa Marcus Page's senior year. You might remember the Tar Heels were number one in the nation. Marcus started the season hurt and came into that game. It was when you know Coach Williams would always do road games for seniors when he could and went to play at Northern Iowa and lost just before the uh, hall of fame classic there in Kansas city where Carolina won that had to come back. And then Marcus played his first game against Maryland, I believe was the game right after that in the ACC big 10 challenge. So there's that Carolina is two and one against Texas tech five and four against Michigan never played Memphis seven and three against Arkansas. And how about this? Stanford is the team that Carolina has played more than anyone in this field. The Tar Heels are 13-0 all-time against the Cardinal. Cardinal. There's no S on the end of that bad boy. And so there you go. So that is the battle for Atlantis field. Carolina, again, I really, really think needs to go win this thing, needs to make a statement and say, here we are, get out of the way. We're trying to do stuff here. (laughs) Um, And then as for the Jimmy V Classic, the uh, more information or the specifics uh, had all been rumored, but now it's official and we got all the the information about it on Monday. Obviously, this will be at Madison Square Garden. It's going to take place on Tuesday, December 5th, games on ESPN. There are two games. So four total teams, uh, double header there. Carolina will play the second game, just one, one game. They won't play against the other three teams. So the first matchup is Florida Atlantic coming off their great run. In the postseason against Illinois, that should be a really honestly that should be a great game that I'm looking forward to. As uh, let's not call it the appetizer because it, it itself should be a great game. But then after that, we'll get North Carolina against the reigning national champion UConn Huskies, who yes lost a lot, but I'm telling you folks, do not sleep on this team. They're bringing back a lot. Donovan Klingen stuck around. Tristan Newton's still there, and they're bringing in some absolute dudes. Stefan Castle a freshman coming in who is legit. Now, Carolina and UConn, this will be their seventh all-time meeting. The Tar Heels lead the series 5-1. to one. So similar to uh, those teams in battle for Atlantis, the Tar Heels have had their way with uh, with the Huskies. They haven't played each other since 2005, but that was on the back end of a streak of playing four seasons in a row. So it's good to get back around to playing uh, what is right now the the cream of the crop in the Big East. Also, pretty cool to be part of the Jimmy V Classic in this specific year. Why? Because Jimmy V is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, and so it's cool to be part of that. If you're interested in tickets, you can get in on the presale just by going to JimmyVClassic.com and figuring that out. There's no specific dates for tickets to go on sale yet, but we know that it'll be sometime this fall. So again, all that to say, Battle for Atlantis, followed by not too much far after that, the Jimmy V classic where Carolina will play Yukon. This is an opportunity on a massive stage to make massive statements. You remember that last year, Carolina went to MSG. That's where the, um, the CBS classic was last year. The Tar Heels played Ohio state. That was the kind of Pete Nance miracle shot to force overtime. And then the Tar Heels won great Tar Heel support at that game. Uh, I was, I I didn't go into it. My family and I were just kind of hanging out, but uh, hung out outside of MSG around that. And man, it's just great energy. You expect that again. Coach Davis wants to be in New York and specifically at MSG. And so love to see that happening in back to back years. We'll keep our eyes on, on the Tar Heels involvement in the big apple as the years go on here. Now, want to move to talking about football because on Monday, we looked at the ACC preseason poll and now on Monday, the preseason coaches poll drops. So we go from talking about the conference to the national conversation. I want to do that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post and then you just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to that profile to spread the word to everybody that you're hiring. After that, you can use simple tools like screening questions to help Make it easy to focus on candidates who have just the right skill set and experience so you can then really quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. Let's be honest, the right new candidate can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. All of this is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find those candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey folks, so good to be together. All you everydayers that are with us all the time. Thank you so much for diving in and being part of today's show. If you're a guest, a visitor, you just dropping in with us, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Would love for you to come and be part of the show on a more regular basis. Coming up next week, we're going to have a mailbag episode. Got some great questions already coming in. You can email those to the show, at locked gmail.com. Or if you'd like to do it through video, We might even put your video, your voice, your face on the show. Just quick 10 to 15 seconds or so, your name, where you're from, and your question, and we'll get to it on the show. All right, that coach's poll dropped on Monday. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but I do want to hit on some hot spots where the Tar Heels are at, other ACC schools, and other schools on Carolina's schedule. So looking right on into it, Carolina is number 20 in the poll. And you know what? They're one spot right ahead of, any guesses? The Wisconsin Badgers. Take that, Phil Longo. <laughs> yeah, go take that offense up. No, I'm just being vindictive and, and uh, churlish at this point. I don't even know what that word means, but uh, I saw it in that uh, <laughs> the Key and Beals skit that time, and it's just a fun word, and so I thought I would throw it out there and use it. Who knows? If somebody knows what churlish means, I'm just in the midst of doing this and I'm not even going to look it up. But uh, the, the top five in the poll, obviously Georgia number one, Michigan two, Alabama three, Ohio State four, and LSU five. So a whole bunch of SEC and Big Ten schools right there at the top. Now, Carolina, as I said, number 20, just ahead of Wisconsin, just poking some fun at Coach Longo and his new team. There are three other ACC schools that are ranked in the top 25, and that is Florida State is actually the highest ranked team, even though the ACC media picked Clemson as the team to win the ACC. So it's FSU 8, Clemson Nine. So they're bunched just right there together. And then, while technically not an ACC school in football, Notre Dame is 13th. Obviously, they play a little bit of an ACC schedule and then are a full participant in basketball, but you know, going to include them there just because they are. Carolina um, doesn't play um, Florida State this year. We were checking in all up on their schedule yesterday and now it's not in back in my head as it was. So uh, Carolina does, um, does play Clemson, but does not play Notre Dame or Florida State this year. So of the four ACC schools that are ranked preseason in the coaches poll, this is not the AP poll, Carolina obviously can't play themselves. Um, and so of the other three, they only play Clemson. So you kind of get away pretty nice with that. Now, there are multiple, multiple ACC teams, and a couple other teams on Carolina's schedule in the others receiving votes category. So let's start with the ACC schools. Pitt comes in at 30th in others receiving votes, NC State 37th, Miami tied for 40th, Wake Forest 49th, and then Duke tied for 53rd, which uh, I believe they got two points in the poll. So, I mean, they're technically on there, whatever. And then two of Carolina's other non-conference opponents are also listed in others receiving votes. South Carolina is number 27 and then Minnesota is tied for 40th. Interestingly enough with Miami. So all that to say while only one of Carolina's opponents is actually ranked preseason, there's a bunch of them that are just floating right there just outside of, of the actual rankings. And so it's, it's not the SEC. No, it's not the Big Ten, but Carolina is going to have some some rough sledding ahead of them in the football schedule. So going to have to keep up with that, see how things move around and change starting again right off with South Carolina, who's 27, just right on the outside looking in. As for the Tar Heels, being at 20th, to me, that feels like the uh, the third bear. Not too high, not too low, probably just right. And I think that, Let's be honest, I think that's a, a vote of confidence for Drake May. If Drake May was not the quarterback of Carolina after what happened at the end of last season, after what people expect the defense to be, yes, a lot of the offense returns at the skill positions, and that's great. And you know, Josh Downs and Antoine Green are replaced um, with some transfers and and other guys hopefully taking this step forward, like Kobe Pesor, um Tez Walker, obviously. But we're going to have to wait and see. But for me, I think this is an appropriate ranking for North Carolina. I'm not going to bicker with it and I'm also not going to say, "Ooh boy, we are too high." I think I think that's a good spot to be. But here's what I want to see happen, and I know Mac Brown is always harping on this kind of thing. You got to live up to it. And I know like living up to a 20th ranking isn't like living up to a top 10 ranking. But still, coaches around this country Believe in North Carolina enough and what they're going to do to have them in the top 25 despite the end of last year. So go prove them right. Show them that you belong in this top 25 teams in the nation. Heck, move up. That starts with South Carolina. You got to go out, take care of business against them, send Spencer Rattler home with his cars that he buys from NIL money, and we move on beyond that. But Minnesota's lurking not too far beyond that. Obviously, App State's going to be tough and conference play. Man, you just got to get after it. The Tar Heels do. Now, uh, we talked earlier about Stanford playing them in basketball and how the Tar Heels have never lost to the Cardinal. That might be even better news than just thinking about a potential battle for Atlantis matchup. Why? (laughs) We'll talk about that in just a second. All right. Yesterday in the show, towards the end, we kind of touched on some of the realignment news that had happened over the weekend. Uh, If you missed all of that, let me just hit it for you again. The Pac-12 has essentially fallen apart. Not right now. This upcoming season, 23-24 academic year, it's all the same. Same 12 schools. (laughs) But then in 24-25, Four schools go to the Big 12, four schools, four schools go to the Big 10. For the Big 10, it's USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, all gone. For the Big 12, Arizona, Arizona State. We already knew about Colorado, and then Utah will join as well, leaving behind only Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. Now, you might be saying, Isaac, why on earth are you telling us about all the Pac-12 movement. Well, like this is a locked on Tar Heels or, you know, maybe even ACC talk. Well, that's precisely why we are talking about these four remaining schools, Washington State, Oregon State, Cal and Stanford. They are basically ships lost in the night with no oars, no sails, no rotor, no motor. Uh, They're just stuck at sea adrift, hoping for a bailout. Well, on Monday, ESPN's Pete Thamel reported that there are kind of some beginnings of conversations between the ACC and Stanford and Cal. Not Oregon State, not Washington State, and understandably so—they just don't have the quite the prestige or history of Stanford and Cal. And frankly, Cal really doesn't have the uh, the history that Stanford does either, but more so than Washington State or Oregon state. So Thamel reported from sources that there are the beginnings of conversations. He called it "quote exploratory discussions. So there are two rounds of conversations that need to happen to really figure out where things are at, who feels what way and what they want to do. For example, when we started hearing about Colorado, that was kind of the beginning um, domino of all of this most recent round. It was a unanimous vote from the Big 12 um, presidents first, if I remember correctly. But these are the kind of things that it needs to be. So these two rounds of conversations, first off, with the existing athletic directors in the ACC. So for Carolina, that'll be Bubba Cunningham in on those conversations. And then the second set of conversations that need to happen are with the ACC presidents. And that will take place, um, according to Thamel and his reporting, yesterday, Monday, and today, Tuesday. And then I would imagine we're going to hear pretty quick where things are at with this because it's things are moving. Um, I don't think this will be unanimous. I think there is going to be division. There already has been through Florida State, right? And so I think that will continue to be the case. I, I don't think we're going to see a unified front from the conference here. Let me say just a couple things as I see it about pros to to bringing in Cal and Stanford. Would they bring academic prestige? 100% they would. Both of these schools are known as two of the predominant academic schools in the country. And obviously, anytime you get outside the Ivy, it's like, well, okay, whatever. But... Um, you know, Ivy schools excluded. These are two of the premier schools in our nation. And so from a purely academic standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. What about, you know, you, you see what the Big Ten is doing, for example, and you've got Rutgers and Maryland on the East Coast, and now you've got Washington, Oregon, USC and UCLA on the West coast, nobody in the mountain time, but you got a bunch of central time zone teams as well. The big 10 is creating a coast to coast network of teams. So bringing in Cal and Stanford would help the ACC uh, expand that footprint further West, no mountain time teams, same as the big 10, but you would get more of a, a full national scope. Same thing that I've been talking about with the big 10, for example, is they could have the first kickoff or first tip off or first pitch, uh, in, in the noon window on a Saturday, let's say. And if you've got teams playing out on the West coast, you could fill up the last window of Saturday as well. And anything in between. And so you could have your conference on TV all day long. So there is that, that is a potential win, a potential pro. What about athletic prestige? I mean, you think about Cal and Stanford. And it's like, I I mean, there've been moments here or there, but nothing really to write home about. Well, perhaps, but what if I told you that one of these two schools was the division one leader in most national championships ever across all sports, because that's what you get with one of those two schools. There are three teams in Division I that have more than 100 NCAA national titles in their university's history. Number three is USC. Number two is UCLA. They're both off to the Big Ten. But number one, the school that has more national NCAA national championships than any other school in our nation in Division I, Stanford University. And so, you know, you, you, we might just think about it in terms of football, and that's where the, the moneymakers' decisions are going to come from because it's the moneymakers. And so while they're not the, the sexiest thing there, you think about a school like North Carolina. This could be a big win for North Carolina staying in the ACC because one of the big reasons to not go to the SEC, for example, is because North Carolina has a bunch of varsity sports that the SEC doesn't support. But the Big Ten, for example, does. The Pac-12 did. (laughs) Um, And so bringing in other schools that have that level of um, varsity or the plethora, I guess I want to say, that that width of varsity sports that they have is good for the Tar Heels, for sustainability of all the uh, so-called Olympic sports or non-rev sports. So from that aspect, it does bring some athletic prestige and it does bring some athletic stability for sports beyond just football, basketball, baseball, whatever. So that that would be a win. Now, there obviously are some cons as well. Let's just be honest. Neither Stanford or Cal is going to move the needle much in terms of a new media rights deal. While, yes, it's true, there's the academic prestige, there's the across the board athletic success, specifically of Stanford, when it comes to football, and and that's what the the media companies are looking for, again, yes, they've had some moments, but it's just not going to be a huge needle mover as opposed to say you could land Notre Dame, right? You see the point there. Another con. And, and it's the same kind of joke we've been making with some of the other conferences now. Man, I'm really looking forward to that, uh, that Rutgers-Washington matchup on a Tuesday. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. What, like are Miami heading up to Corvallis, Oregon to take on Oregon State? Yikes! <laughs> you know, like, ah. And so another con with all that, the level of travel expense is just astronomical. Again, you talk about that. Miami. And I guess it wouldn't be Oregon State. I just said Corvallis. That wouldn't make any sense because we're not talking about Oregon State. We're talking about Cal and Stanford. So Miami going up to Cal or Stanford. That is a, that's a trek. And you really hate it for Cal and Stanford who would be completely isolated from the rest of the conference. That's tough. (laughs) All this said, pros, cons, they're going to weigh all this out. I personally, as of right now, do not see this happening. I think there are certainly reasons it makes some good sense. The problem is I don't think it makes enough C-E-N-T-S sense. (laughs) Yes, I'm a dad, and yes, I'm bringing the puns today. Um, And I didn't even mean to. I apologize for my dadness. I don't think adding Cal and Stanford would bring enough dollars and cents, so it doesn't make enough sense. The, The thing is, everything's in a rush right now. Everyone's got like, we got to get land grabs and teams and all that. And so in that rush, if, if commissioner Phillips and the presidents and ADs are in such a rush that they don't, I I feel like they could go ahead and do this and maybe have some buyer's remorse on down the road for a variety of reasons. So I hope they don't rush into something that they don't wish they had rushed into. i think the the logical versions the the toned down versions of these ad's and presidents will would hopefully probably look at this and say i don't know that that makes the most sense for us while we're not where we want to be as a conference with media rights and, and other things cal and stanford really the answer i don't think they are we're gonna have to Keep looking at it, though, because this thing's going to keep moving. There's going to be more steps. There's going to be more um, dominoes that fall. So we'll have to keep talking about it and keep looking at it. But that's where it's at as of today. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked Ontario. Thanks so much for joining us. Can't wait till tomorrow's episode where Coach Pat Kilby and I will be hanging out with the next player in our roster preview series you can follow the show on twitter at locked on heels or me at isaac shade again you can email the show locked on tarheels at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe on audio or video platforms if you are watching smash the like button to let us know you're here and leave comments on your thoughts on all of this that we've been going through today hey folks it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, right you know it is we'll talk again tomorrow but until then peace